0: You're listening to the iFanboy Pickle Week Podcast, episode 513, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. fanboy pick the week podcast episode 513 the thankful edition
1: <laughs> my name is ron
0: richards and i'm here with Connor kilpatrick
1: hey ron uh
0: we are both sniffling
1: we're both sick
0: as we're post thanksgiving and uh, our compatriot josh flanagan wisely took the weekend off
1: i think it's funny that the yeah. ones who are on the shore are both the ones who are actually sick yeah exactly exactly well I don't know if Josh is sick or not I just haven't spoken to
0: him for days so. <laughs> he could be dead bro. He could be dead. yeah it's odd when we don't have to do the podcast he just doesn't talk to me it's very weird. <laughs> anyway. uh, so we are from the website ifanboy.com and, and that is dedicated to all things comic books because we love comics and every week we read a stack of books that come out and one of us picks our favorite book and we call that the pick of the week and then we come here to talk about that other books other stuff anything else that's going on in the world we generally have a fun time but warning we're going to be talking about what happens in the book so so consider this your spoiler warning. If you haven't read your books yet, you might want to press pause and come back after you read them or uh, just be damned. Uh, so this week, uh, this week of thanks, Connor had the pick. And Connor, were you thankful for comic books this week?
1: Well, you know, the last time I had the pick, I, I believe it was the week when like every good book came out. Yes. And I was talking about how it's basically facing Murder's row and I couldn't decide. Yeah. This week was the opposite problem. <laughs> Let me just preface this by saying I read a lot of good books, but nothing that really stood out as great. You yeah know what I mean? Some of them were not good. But there was nothing where I was like, damn, that's the pick. You know, after, it was the, literally at the end of it, you know, if you follow us on our social media, we post the pick when it's when it's made and, and this week it, right. it was posted on Friday. I finished reading one books on Wednesday this week. Wow. So I, I it took me two days to figure out what the pick was. Wow.
0: That's, yeah I have been in that position where, two you, where you're two days of thinking
1: mulling it over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Two days thinking about it really hard, really hard for two there, days. I didn't say at much at
1: Thanksgiving dinner. I just was so staring into the corner uh, <laughs>
0: What's wrong with Connor? No, he's, I don't thinking, know. he's thinking, no, he's thinking. He's working on the pick. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's his muse. So the pick ended up being Jupiter's Circle, volume two, number one. And uh, not to say this isn't a really good book. It is a really good book. This, yeah. this ended up being the one that I ended up going to the most in my head, as I was thinking. You know, this, what was the thing I liked the most? And this one kept popping up. So right. that's why it's the pick. Mark Miller, Wilfredo Torres. And I think that right now, we've discussed this before, just, I think just last week. What Mark Miller is doing, the, the, the zone he's in is really appealing to me. Yeah, And this one, Jupiter's Circle Which is the prequel to Jupiter's Legacy And this is the second volume of Jupiter's Circle Which is looking at the heroes from The older heroes from Jupiter's Legacy when they were younger It's not as kind of uplifting and upbeat as his other books Because there's a lot of darkness in these characters But overall it feels very retro-modern Which I'm enjoying And I just like being in the world that these characters are in And and, and here we've got basically And I'm just going to call them the analogs Because I don't know their real names Superman, <laughs> Superman, Lois Lane, and Wonder Woman of this world, and their various problems in life. You know, it, although it's never really stated, Lois's problem is that Superman does everything for him. Right. You know, she has no life of her own. He, before she even wakes up, he's cleaned the house, he's made her food, he's ironed her clothes. She, you know, she doesn't have to do anything in the morning. And then they go to dinner somewhere every night, around the world, and then he, you know he makes her these elaborate. Gifts for their anniversaries, and she's just basically just sort of floating through life without doing anything. And she's never stated it as a problem, but clearly you can see from the way it's presented that it is a problem. Right. And then on the other hand, you have Wonder Woman, who is desperately, desperately lonely because she's tall, she's beautiful, she's intimidating. And the men that do actually, you know, garner up the nerve to approach her end up getting, falling into her aura, which is sort of this, it makes everyone happy and one of, be good and nice, so it makes it really hard to get screwed up against a wall at a hotel. When you know what I mean, like yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it's, it, I, I find these exp- explorations of their of their personal problems just really fascinating, and I love the role Fredo Torres art in right. this.
0: Yeah, well, Fredo Torres—he's—he's he's one of those guys who I I'd never had heard of before Jupiter Circle. Yeah, um, but he's one of those guys again. You know, similar to just how you know, like I, I mean, I'd, of course, I'd heard of Duncan Fegredo back in b- when before MPH, of course, through his Hellboy work. But it's just another guy that Miller finds these guys who just are perfect for the story that he's trying to tell. Yes, you know, and uh, I think Torres definitely falls in that in that category. Have so, you been enjoying this particular? Um, yeah, no, no def- definitely. Although I have, I didn't actually didn't read this issue. <laughs> I enjoyed the first miniseries. Uh, this one slipped through the cracks for me this week. Um, yeah. That's why I was surprised to see that it was the pick of the week. Right. But uh, you yeah, know, I, lo- I love the world that that Miller is building with Jupiter Circle. I mean, and he, you know, very brazenly said that this is his Watchmen. And I think, it, I think it, what what has happened with
1: <laughs> well, you know, if there's anything, he's good at it's self promotion.
0: Well, yeah, of course, exactly. But I think what what's happened with the with the approach being different than what he originally planned, you know. Of course, with quietly taking you know longer to do the main story with Jupiter's legacy than than he'd hoped, the addition of this Jupiter Circle kind of in between the wait for, for quietly is like it is I, I think I don't know if that was part of the major plan. I have a sense that it, was, it wasn't. Oh yeah, it's a delightful byproduct. You know, I
1: feel right? like with quietly, you have to either plan like to do a self-contained thing far in advance or just have him do, like, an OGN with you. Right, yeah. He's never going to do your monthly Watchmen book. It's just not... What's going to happen is you're going to get one issue every year and the the, the flow of the story is going to be completely, completely lost. Yeah. I'd be happy to just continue to get these Jupiter Circle minis and then at the end of it get this Jupiter Legacy hardcover that, you know, tells his main story, but... Yeah. Rather than one one random issue every. Well, I mean,
0: it, and it's great, and, and yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, and I totally agree with you there. But but what's fascinating is that there's so much, you know, uh, Miller clearly has so many ideas of these characters and of this universe, and you know, to see him kind of work it out and like kind of give the backstory to the main story, I think just makes the the Jupiter's legacy potentially better.
1: Right. You know, it's a testament to the characters, which, you know, obviously are analogs of DC and Marvel characters, but he's created this world, and they're not exactly the same. They're, what I really liked about the last volume of this was exploring the closeted superhero in the 50s and, or 40s, right. whenever this is taking place, and it's it's taking those aspects of, of the retro-modern life. It's like, okay, well, in, in that time, it was happy and fun and light on the outside, but underneath of it, there was a lot of racism and anti-Semitism and homophobia and misogyny, so right. like there isn't now, but... <laughs> so, I like exploring that aspect through these characters, right? And I just I love the relationship between the Superman and the Lois character here, even though there was it's clearly fraught with tension. And yeah. I, I love the the exploration of the super lonely Wonder Woman character who just wants somebody doesn't really at this point doesn't really care who it is. All she has is her books. is reading the Bell the Bell Jar on the <laughs> and,
0: and like I bottle. wonder I wonder how much of a commentary on today <clears throat> that is. Well... <laughs> I don't know. It's, just, it's funny because you can't you can't think because you know Miller is somebody who loves those classic DC characters. You know right. it, yeah. and you know and it's funny because it's these you know these clear you know he's never going to get tell the story that he wants for DC. Although that'd be I'd be fascinated. that mean, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about them in a little bit, but maybe if, <laughs> what would happen if they would just let people like him do their stories? But you know, but it's it's fascinating to see you know to see through the analogs and and on one thing it's it's. You know, it's I, I one thing I because I, I used to think that it was lazy when creators said, "Well, I, I'm, I'm never going to be able to do my Superman story, my Captain America story, or whatever, mm-hmm. so I'm going to make a character that is just like it, and I'll let you fill in the blank." You know, fill right. in the blank, because my whole thing is like make your own characters, do your own thing. You know, right. but as we've gotten older and as you know, talked to more of these creators, understanding the. Importance and the presence of these characters and how you just can't get around it. I mean, it's, they're bigger than comics. They're it's more
1: yeah, of a they're icons.
0: Yeah, it's a cultural icon, and so I get it now. I understand that, you know, and like and and then you know and then what you get is that you get somebody like Kirk in and Astro City, who's like, yes, clearly Samaritan into Superman, but he's so different, nuanced, mm-hmm. you know. And in this particular case, you know, these characters, while they are those analogs, they're they're telling a story that could never be told with those characters, and probably, and I question whether it should be.
1: Right. Yeah. You know? Um. So yeah, it's it's neat to see him do it. I'm impressed that you picked it as your pick of the week. I enjoyed it the most. It was the one I, I really connected to the most. I the best characters this week were in this. Yeah, week. yeah. I had 20 books. It wasn't like right. I didn't read anything. I read a lot of books. Right. Um, but uh, also, we should mention, just on the offset, this could be a shorter show than normal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're both uh, struggling. We're both <laughs> sick, and uh, we both have families in the other room. So uh,
0: <laughs> who are who are impatiently tapping their feet? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think uh, I think one year we did like a. Th- Thirty minute, twenty eight minute Thanksgiving show. Anyway, let's let's yeah. move on.
0: To yeah, this. it's it's the it's the uh, it's the dedication to the format here. So, <laughs> right. Uh, all right, but uh, I, I got to admit. So, so, to pull the curtain back for our listeners, the way it normally works is the person who has the pick. In this case, Connor does his pick of the week, and then he sends an email with his initial. Here's the here's the pick, as well as the other books I wanted to re- I want to talk about, and then it's up to me as your collaborator to say, okay, well, I want to I want to talk about these books, and and we kind of riff from there. I was shocked. To see that your initial list did not include Dark Knight Three, the Master Race Number One, Do you, are you really shocked? I am shocked.
1: I'm shocked. Well, because I, I, th-
0: I, cause I thought, good or bad, you would have some thoughts about. It. Did you even read it?
1: No. So you just you you're avoiding it. For me, the Dark Knight Returns ended in that in that cave. Wow. That's when the end of that story. Wow. I, I don't need it. I, I hated the second one.
0: Yeah. It,
1: you know, it, it. I hate to say this, but it feels you know the second one and this one and then that, the, the, the announced fourth one feels so much like a, just a cash grab. Yep. That I thought the bookend of Year One and Dark Knight Returns was the perfect beginning and end of the Batman saga, and I don't need anything more than that. Yep.
0: Um, well, I would say you are not wrong. <laughs> you know, and and with no disrespect to Brian Azzarello, who's somebody who I oh, these are great creators you know, of all in these books, great, fantastic. This feels like a sad, sad echo. Yeah. And it just it's it's just not good. Yeah. And you know, and it's and it's and it's kind and it's almost it's it's less about Frank Miller. Mm-hmm. And less about Brian Azzarello, and less about whichever Kubert is doing it, less about Klaus Janssen. Mm-hmm. and it's more about DC, and yeah. it's just more about I think the, the what what is going on at DC right now, and the you know in that kind of situation.
1: Who's the artist? So it's one of the Kuberts inks by Klaus Jansen?
0: Yeah, yeah. So Andy? it's um,
1: hang on, I'm. I'm I think it's Andy. It's, it's Andy. Is it
0: Andy? I, think it's Andy.
1: I can it's I can't. I can never keep them straight.
0: And what's weird is that. He's doing it in a style like initially. I was like, "Oh, clearly that's a Kubert, Kubert right? Clearly that's him."
1: Now, the only thing I was curious about was how it looked with the Kubert ink on it.
0: Yeah, no. So like, like it, within the first page, there's a Batman that looked more like. Do you remember the Batman that we loved? That was. Let's see. Where is it? Oh, there's no credits. There's credits on the backup story, but there's no credits on the main story. Um, do you remember that uh, the uh, before Flashpoint or maybe during Flashpoint, the Batman story that Kubert drew during that? I forget what it was.
1: The one the with about his dad.
0: Where it was his father, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That one. yeah. yeah. So the first page, it looks like that Batman. Right. You know, like you know how Kubert draws it with the, <laughs> with the pointy, um, what's we'll it uh Andy Kubert, sorry, so sorry. confirmed as Andy Kubert, with like the the very flat shoulders and the cowl kind of goes down in straight lines into the cape. Yes, you know that like that's his style of Batman, right? Yeah. So it looked like that. So the first couple of pages absolutely looked like that, but then I got to a couple of pages in and we see uh, Yindel, you know, who's now you know Commissioner Yindel, and I'm like, oh, he's trying to do it like Frank Miller, right? And then we see Wonder Woman, and it's a mishmash of Miller and Kubert. And it's based, and then we get, then we get introduced to Supergirl or Lana or whatever, who is, I guess, Superman and Wonder Woman's daughter, and it's totally him aping Miller style, and it just, and it bounces. Well, between. sometimes that can work. Yeah, but it, but it just doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't at all. And just re- just reading this is just really bad. I mean, and so so basically, the whole premise of the issue is that there, you know, Batman is back, and everybody's all buzzing about it, and and Commissioner Yindel and the police are hell bent on capture You know, they're, they're against vigilantes. They're going to capture him and whatever. And so then at the end of the issue, they catch him, and Yindel pulls the cowl off, and it's Carrie.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: So it's a you know, and just says Bruce, Bruce Wayne is dead, and then then it ends on that. But that said, there's a backup. Of Dark Knight Universe presents the Atom number one, which is drawn by Frank Miller. Then hmm. it's written by Miller and Azzarello, and this was wonderful. It, was, I mean, like, it, it looked great, and it's a little Adam story, and I, I thought it was great. It was a little Adam story. Like I, I, just, I just let Frank Miller draw. You know, I don't know. Don't do it at all. I don't. Uh, it's too many conflicting thoughts. It's just, it was just sad. It's sad.
1: And this is a four. How is it? How is a four issue? Is no, it, I.
0: Four, yeah, I guess because the last one was four, right? I mean, like the the initial
1: four, yeah, 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 they're four longer than normal.
0: No, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe it seemed a little longer. Hmm. Um, But it has the backup and then like ninety covers at the end of it in the the digital edition. (laughs) But yeah, just crazy. Yeah, no, no, not for me.
1: So the only, only other book I thought could have been the pick was Archie Number Four, which means yeah. you finally discover the lipstick incident. Ron, did you read this?
0: Oh no, I, so I didn't. I didn't read it because I left my digital copy on my computer, and I'm in New York, and blah blah blah, and I was busy. So it,
1: it's on my catch up re- list. But uh, what uh, well, so what happened? This features art by guest artist Annie Wu. So here, Archie and Jughead are practicing with their band in the garage, and you know that's not, not going well. So so uh, Jughead thinks Archie's being grumpy, so he offers him a candy bar. And Archie looks at it and gets all sad because it triggers a memory, and so then he decides. I guess you guys should probably want to know what the glyphs against it was, and he tells us. And yeah. I'm not gonna. I won't spoil it, but it's actually pretty sad, you know. Oh,
0: really? Spoil it? I'm not. I mean, <coughs> it's okay. <laughs> we uh, we gave the spoiler warning.
1: I know, I'm not, not, not for that you. invested in, in the Archie universe. <laughs> so uh, so our you know we get we get a brief little sort of not sort of history, but we we get to see Archie and Betty in their relationship for you know five or six pages, and it's you know really cute right. and. They've been basically boyfriend and girlfriend, even unofficially, since kindergarten, and they know each other so well. And she's a super tomboy, right? So at one point, she goes to clean herself off because she got ants on her. She hates ants, and you know, b- a bunch of the mean girls in the bathroom are making fun of her because she looks like a boy. And they just, and the, but then they, the girls realize, oh no, we're making fun of Archie's girlfriend. Archie's the you know the most popular boy in school, so they freak out. So they decide they're going to actually befriend her and ha- make her over. Okay. So then they take her out and you know get her new clothes and change her hair and, and make her up to be someone she's not and then you know pre- present her to Archie at their next date and uh, he just he freaks out because it's not her anymore. And, oh. And uh, he's, she's changed herself, for, for, you know, because of the because of other people.
0: Oh, that's and, not good.
1: Yeah. She freaks out because she's done it. He freaks out because she's done it. She freaks out because he's freaked out. You <laughs> and know. just this
0: freak, it's a domino effect of freaks. Yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and at the end, she takes the lipstick out of her purse and she like swipes him across the face and gives him the strange Joker face, which was kind of weird. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, it's basically it. You know, in relationships, especially long term ones, there's always a struggle between people changing or not changing, or evolving or not evolving, or evolving different ways, and and just a lot of misunderstandings here. And it was it's so this the kind of little thing that sometimes trips up a relationship that causes a big right. problem. So it felt very honest in that sense. Yeah. So that was it. I mean, you, you, when you read it, you'll get the more emotional impact. This is just the high level stuff, but right. It was sad. It was definitely sad. Wow. Then we cut back to the future where uh, Veronica is starting to make her moves on on Archie and Jughead, and Betty do not want that to happen, so they enlist Reggie. I think this is the first time we've seen Reggie in this in this book so far. Interesting. So it was pretty sad, and I get it. I Get why they haven't talked since then because a lot of things, a lot of emotional stuff came out outside that movie theater. Right. Yeah. It was good.
0: So is Fiona Staples? I mean, we're done with Fiona Staples, right? She she's, did the first she's, three. she's done. She did the first yeah, three. Yeah. yeah. So now we're. So now this is the the. Post. But it's still Wade, though, right? It's
1: still Wade. I think. Yeah. I think I saw online that Annie Wu willing into this issue. I don't know who's doing the next one, but yeah, yeah, it's well, really kind of too bad that Fiona didn't get to do the first four, since the first four really sort of is the arc. Is the yeah. arc, but right. that's all right. Annie kind of doing a Fiona Staples esque style here, which we just talked about, which is funny, but yeah, it works. Yeah.
0: All right, cool. From the from the surprise file, I took a flyer on Silk Number One over at Marvel. Mm-hmm. And for those who don't know, this is a character that came out of Slots Run. It's a it's a brand new character that came out of Dan Slots Run on Spider Man. Basically, there was a a woman who's had similar spider powers and was trapped in a bunker for years, and you know, kind of person out of time kind of character. Mm-hmm. And now she's making her own way through the city, uh, through New York City. And now in this in the new Marvel kind of relaunch. I was like, you know, we always moan about there not being new characters and all this sort of stuff. This is a 100% new character created organically, not, you know, it's not it's not someone, you know, it's not a, a, an established character adopting an identity or anything like that. Like, this is exactly what, we, for years,
1: we've complained about with Marvel and DC, right? Well, yes and no, there's been lots of that lately.
0: Yeah, true, but. right. But no, but, but it's a good trend, I think. I, I, we I we think mostly
1: moan that. When there are new characters, people don't buy them, and then they fail.
0: Right. Well, yeah. Well, that, that's, the, that's the second moaning after yeah. that. Okay. And maybe that's the situation that we'll have in this. But uh, yeah. But this is written by Robbie Thompson with art by Stacy Lee, and was actually it was. And I don't. I don't mean to say it like in a, in a surprise, but it was, it was. It was really good. Yeah. You know, Silk is. Like I said, she's on her own for the first time. She's got an apartment. She's got a job at Jay Jonah Jameson's new organization, the Fact Channel. Oh. Uh, you know, the TV news type thing. And uh, and he's and she's and it's basically mirroring Peter Parker. Like she's working there, and she's in charge of getting footage of Silk when fi- battles happen, and Jameson is heralding Silk as a hero. But there's a lot of double and triple agent stuff going on here, where you know Silk is everyone thinks Silk is a hero because the relationship to Spider-Man and she's fighting the Goblin Nation. But then in this issue, she fights Mockingbird and it's revealed that she's working for Black Cat, and Black Cat currently is villainous, and so she's like, actually I'm I'm evil. But then at the end of the issue, we get the double switch, and there it turns out that she's working with Mockingbird to infiltrate Black Cat, hmm. and so it, it had a lot of nice little uh, you know twists and turns and things I didn't see coming. And Stacy Lee's art was really really good. Um, you know, it's like another one of those. You know, with a lot of the new artists that are coming on board, at least within comics, you know, you're seeing a lot of them come from independent comics and alternative comics, and a lot of times that that art style doesn't really match Marvel, you right. know, superhero well. But this ba- this did the balance between you know independent kind of art style and mainstream stuff just enough. You know, so yeah, I was impressed by it. So yeah, I'm gonna keep reading it until you know, like it's it's a little. You know, despite it being a new character, it's a little rote in that it's you know basically just a girl Spider-Man and and that sort of thing,
1: but. It, it it captured me. So well, it's I'll, funny because it sort of flies in the face of what you said earlier that it was a brand but yeah, new, yeah. Brand new I know. not a retread of an old character.
0: No, I know, but it's not a retread because it's it's a, it's a, I mean, but the, but it's a retread in that it, it's just the powers basically, but it's not you know, but it's not like you know I was gonna say I was just gonna say it's not like Gwen Stacy becoming Spider-Man. Ugh, <laughs> but no. I did not mean that. Today. that <laughs> um, I didn't at all. <laughs> is Black Cat evil? Yeah, now she is, yeah, because uh, uh stuff
1: went down in the Spider-Man book that made her turn on Peter and all oh. that sort of stuff, and now she's evil. I think it's really Funny, and this is sort of a sidebar conversation, but I've been noticing a lot is that for so long, so many people in comics, characters in comics, are so, have been so, or superhero comics, so reliant on the newspaper industry.
0: Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because,
1: because, you know, it was the newspaper industry was, you know, the, the big deal, and also the way that heroes could find out what was going on in the world. But right. so many of the major characters are involved some way in the newspaper industry or the news. Yeah. And I, it's kind of amusing to watch just the complete struggle with, that they make now to, to make it re- relevant. Yep. You know, it's like, oh, they're on a website. Oh, they're on a, a blogging, a video blogging thing. It's just
0: right. Like- yeah. And I, and I feel like we always, whenever that happens, we moan because we know exactly what's happening, why they're doing it. Um, and so a part of it is that is just is is like us kind of you know being. you know, like being too aware of it and and less accepting and therefore it becomes even more obvious and even more kind of difficult to adopt.
1: Well, it's just, it's stupid. It's a bad cycle. It's a vicious cycle, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into it. I just find it amusing, the the different ways they try to deal with that particular problem. Yeah, yeah. So the fade-out number 11, which is the 11th out of 12 issues of this really stellar uh, Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips image book. I love this book. This, when this... that's it, great. When this gets all finished and and collected as a one big trade, it's going to be fantastic. And I, what was really great about this particular issue, <clears throat> excuse me, and as we are heading to, you know rapidly towards the finale, uh, and so the, our two main characters, uh, Gill and Charlie, run, you know, unfold their plan to get some answers about who killed uh, Valerie Summers, which is the, the, our Valeria Summers, the uh, main right. story of this of the fade out. Is that these are two basically drunk writers, and <laughs> and as, as you know, as they're infiltrating the the, the compound of Al Camp, the, the president of Victory Street Studios, who they think killed this woman, I'm thinking to myself, these are just dudes, these are kind of drunk, out of shape dudes, and and then they reference that, right? So I thought that was great because you know it's so obvious these aren't detectives, these aren't cops, you know these are just these are you know, granted they are veterans of World War II, but. You know, they're 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 drunk, drunk screenwriters, <laughs> and they're like climbing <laughs> over fences. And one guy's got a gun. And I'm thinking, these guys are just writers. This, this is going to go really badly, and that's exactly what happened. It well, went really badly. One of them gets shot. He may or may not be dead. And uh, they didn't get what they wanted. So I think this is wonderful. Right. This is right up my alley.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I I've gone. I've yeah. It totally is up your alley. And and I've gone on record before saying that I think that this is. Uh, possibly the best thing that Phillips and Bruberger have done together. Wow, that's high praise. Yeah, yeah, no, I think so. I mean I think I think Fatal was great. I think um, you know what yeah. uh, what else, what else? Uh, Criminal and all that stuff was great. But as far as this goes, like the per, like the perfect you know combination of noir and you know intrigue and Hollywood and every when you think of Brubaker and Phillips, like no other. This book, I think,
1: it just captures what they do together so well. I'm not uh, disagreeing with you. Yeah, uh, I just haven't thought about it. It would be hard for me to top that Archie analog. Run that, and criminal. Yeah, that was amazing. However, this this would definitely be in the top th- three, two or three discussion, if not one. I didn't yeah. really think about it. I have to spend a couple of days really just thinking.
0: Right. Yeah, you have to. I mean, you can't. You can't take it, You can't yeah. think about that lightly, man. No. You got know, to You got to spend the time. You got to Right the off time. the bat,
1: I'd put it up there. So right. I, right. I, I mean, I love this book. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. Well, real quickly, we want to uh remind you that if you would like to help support iFanboy, if you want to, if you enjoy this podcast coming on a weekly basis, and look at the look at the dedication here. It's it's a holiday weekend. <laughs> we're both we're on our last legs, but we're here for you. So be here for us. Go to iFanboy.com support and there's a bunch of ways that you can help out. And actually, uh we're actually we're recording this on Black Friday of all days. And uh and uh, that is a reminder that the holidays are coming. I'm watching my across the street neighbor hang a wreath from his garage and Well now it's okay. Man. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now it's okay. Yeah, exactly. I listened to uh, some Christmas music earlier in the car, but that means that you've got to start your holiday shopping. And the best place to do that, one of the best places to do that, aside from local small businesses in your community, is Amazon.com. <laughs> <laughs> and if you go to slash support you can click on a link to go shop on Amazon. And in doing so, we get a little uh, we get a little taste of the action. Uh, not from you. You don't have to spend an extra dime. Amazon pays us. So that's how how that Just works. One less goddamn drone. Exactly, come on. <laughs> so yeah, so go to ifanboy.com/support. Click that Amazon link, or if you want to help us out directly, you can sign up for a membership for three dollars a month or thirty dollars a year, and that's just a recurring uh, payment that helps us keep the lights on. Or you can make a one-time donation, which actually an increasing number of you have been doing this month, and we yes. really appreciate it. We want to thank you for doing that, and thank you for your support. So yeah, so go to ifanboy.com/support and uh, help you know help us enjoy have us all have a great holiday season. It's the time of giving. So, and we appreciate everybody who's given uh, so far.
1: So, a uh, couple of quick hits here. If you had four issues in the pool, okay, Justice League of America, written and drawn by Brian Hitch, of how many he would actually make it before they needed a fill-in, and you're a winner. Uh, it's four issues because but issue five is a complete departure fill-in issue. Oh, jeez, not even continuing the story, just a random story. I have to be honest; I'm surprised that it made it four issues. To be honest with you, it, this is this is again like the Frank Quitely thing. It's like, okay, this book. Is, was built as being out of continuity, which it, which it was. You know, it didn't yep. fe- didn't feature uh, James Gordon, Batman, or or D-powered Superman. Right. Which means you don't have to put it out right now. You can put it out. Right. You can Once put it on the shelf. Six, yeah. got six, yeah. six in the can. Then you can put it out. Yep. But we had four issues, and you know what? I was actually kind of enjoying the story. It was a little hokey, but I was into it. It, it was doing things for me that the other, regular book wasn't doing. It was just sort of standard superhero adventure and. You know, in which the great row that Superman's always, you know, exclaiming, the great god of Krypton shows up on Earth and, you know, causes problems. And it was fun and I've been enjoying it. And in this issue, just a random... Martian Manhunter story. Now I like Martian Manhunter, but I was really looking forward to the next chapter of the Rao story. Right. So there you go. If you had four issues in the pool, you win. <laughs> so there you go. Okay.
0: <laughs> Coming out from Image Comics this week was Ringside Number One from Joe Keating and uh, I forget the name of the artist. Simon uh,
1: or Nick Barber. Nick
0: Barber. Uh, Nick Barber is yeah. Nick Barber. Nick Barber. That's Nick what it Barber. is. I think. But uh, yeah, so this is uh, this was this was kind of promoted as a wrestling comic. And uh, did you, did, Connor? You yeah. read this, right? Yeah, what, did. Did you, what did you think of it? I'm surprised it's taken... Oh, wow. Okay. wow. Wow. wow!
1: Ooh. I'm surprised that it's taken this long to get a wrestling comic considering <laughs> yeah, how I'm many creators sure. are into wrestling if, you yep. watch, if you're if you on Twitter and see that during any kind of wrestling event. But I, I liked it. It was sort of wrestler-esque. Uh, you ah. know that that film from... Uh, with Mickey Rourke from
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is that it's it's definitely it takes place in the world of wrestling, but it's not I mean, it doesn't seem to be about wrestling It's about this uh, retired wrestler who comes home who's who's coming who's been in Japan working as a trainer and comes back to
1: deal with a personal problem and I get the sense that it's more of a that's the story than the wrestling. Well, you know? yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to be portraying the machinations of a wrestling company although from what I've heard from yeah. people who work there, you could definitely do a comic on that. Yeah, that's for um, sure. But it's sort of like what these what these people are doing outside of wrestling, and it's adventure you know there's a, there's a there's a whole lot of guns at the end, so it's an action story. Right. But it's about a washed up wrestler, his wash his friend who's almost washed up. He's still wrestling, but he's sort of been. Downgraded and then and a newbie who is one of those guys they just sort of throw into the ring to fight Ultimate Warrior when he needs to uh, <laughs> yeah. win on Saturday. And God, we are old. We are. <laughs> but uh, I thought it was really fun. And I thought I thought that Nick Barber art was good. I like. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought
0: this was very very impressive. It was really really good. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how this goes. Hopefully it's got
1: legs. So in Silver Surfer fifteen, which is uh, the final issue, I can say definitively of this run, when they, they relaunch so a new Silver Surfer number one. Uh, so what's important or, or notable about this issue is that uh, if you recall from the last one, Silver Surfer and his friend from Earth—who name, i keep forgetting—they are <laughs> they, they were off in space when the when this, when the Battle World change happened around them, right? So they right. Didn't, they weren't caught up in it like everybody else. That suddenly just everything was different. and They were all very confused. So they were the girl was given the power to uh, to um, remake Earth in her you know her, from her memories of it. Right And uh, so there was a big battle here About okay Is it fair to do that Uh, Now there's multiple versions of people out there There's multiple Silver Surfers And there's a big fight And then that's not really the important part It was fine I've been enjoying this book It's got fantastic Mike Allred art However At the end of it They're dealing with I think it was uh, Well it was Don Greenwood first of all Is the friend's name I keep forgetting, I knew it was Greenwood. <laughs> the uh, so at the end of it they're fight they're facing what is that cosmic character's name that's like all this just, just a silhouette. Just a silhouette. Eterni- Eternity. Eternity's there. Yeah. And and Eternity has the face of Doctor Doom because you know it's now Doom right. World. Yeah. And then and then right towards the end, the Doom mask breaks to reveal the real Eternity face, and in the little editorial box says to see how that happened, read Secret Wars number nine. Oh, I wish I could. <laughs> Which yeah, which what is that? That's that's gonna be December, right? Or if that January, I think it's been pushed. Yeah, January. I oh, wish geez. I could Tom Brevoort who signed this note, <laughs> but I can't, so I don't know what happened. But uh, and then Dan oh, shows up at the end as her Jeez. father. Yeah, this was a really great run. The last couple of issues that were Battle World related, don't you don't need to read, I mean, right? They're, they're fine, but. If you want to read a great Silver Surfer story, then the first I think it was uh, twelve issues or whatever it was, where it, where the story ended before we went into Battle World, that that was a fantastic run of comics. Right. So would you say that this is something that has been uh, ruined by Battle World? No, because you can just lop off the last three and not worry about it. Right. Okay. It was okay. just. It just. I wasn't as excited for it as as I was the previous ones. Right. But I just found it funny that they told me to go read a book that I can't read for two more months.
0: Right. Well, that's 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 the Marvel way, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Saga 31, I wanted to mention because I, th- I think this was the first one after a break, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's back now. That Fiona's done with Archie. Right, so as I, was we little, talked about I was a little earlier. confused, but once I got back to where we were, I really liked the portrayal of life on this prison ship that the, the daughter or the, the granddaughter and their grandmother are on with. Right. I thought this was really, fu- really interesting because I forgot they were on a prison ship. Because it's, it's been just, so long. Right, <laughs> and it slowly sort of unfolded. And I was like, oh, right, yeah, that's, this was cool. <laughs> and the, and I like you know the sort of not politics but the power dynamics between the prisoners and then there's the they've got a school because they've taken kids prisoners and now and now the uh, the little girl who is part horn alien part winged alien has been revealed and accidentally looks like killed her teacher out of shock from revealing I just thought this was a really great issue even if it took me a while to sort of get up to speed on it
0: well yeah and that's that's not a surprise right
1: you know that it would be so great did you read it you didn't read it. No, I didn't read it, no. <laughs> Are you off Saga or did you just forget it?
0: No, no, no. I'm not off Saga. It's, just, it's one of those – Saga is one of the, the books that I actually buy in print and because I'm in New York and not on my LCS, it's sitting in my box uh, uh, in Isotope. And so when I get back, I will read it and enjoy it as I usually do. This is the uh, Perils of Holiday Yes, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, holiday podcasting. Yeah, and so then then to wrap this up and to take a quick dip into Star Wars Corner, well, Chewbacca number 4 came out and that was excellent again. Just I just love that series. But Vader number 13 uh, came out which is, is the third chapter of the next chapter of vader down vader down vader it's down I, I just i would just go around yelling vader down by the way I, that's genius but uh yeah more badass darth vader um rebels trying to take down vader on the planet and him just cutting through them like a knife through butter it, it, interesting to see laroca drawing the main characters you know of han leia and luke and doing his photo kind of photo box uh you right. know kind of, you know that sort of thing but yeah, no, it's it's, it's just that the the tension is rising, and and I like where the story is going, and I mean we we scoffed and joked at a Star Wars crossover, but it seems to be working.
1: Do you get a sense of how much time has passed in the story from when this started? Not this particular story arc, but all of these Star Wars books.
0: Like how much physical in
1: story time has passed? Like in the books?
0: No, not, not these feel the it's it's it between Empire between in, uh, Episode Four and Empire between Star Wars and Empire, and no determinate amount of time. Okay. It, well, it, it it definitely feels in between those two movies, like Luke is still, you know, trying to figure out what Jedi's are and the meaning and all that stuff like that. And like, uh, and the planet he, cr- him and Vader have crashed on. There's an old Jedi temple, and Vader made a reference that there was a battle there, and so you're getting like those little gl- glimpses and, and hints. But I don't get the sense that you know the Death Star
1: blew up a week ago, you know. But I also don't get the sense that it blew up five years ago, you know. Right. If that well, they've sense. got a lot of time to play with. The uh, yeah. it was uh, you know it seemed like many years between the movies, so yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well there you go. So those are the books I'm going to talk about this week. You go to f dot com slash comics. And you can talk about other books, uh other books we were not too sick to to either read or talk about, all at ifanboy.com. Yep <sighs> cool. You're right there?
0: Yeah, I'm alright. I just uh sneezed. <laughs> not a sneeze, uh sniffle. <laughs> Oh, this is, a, this, is a rough, this is a rough weekend, yeah, Connor. I know. Trust me. I know. <laughs> okay, so first email comes from Dan from Washington, D.C. and says, I listened to your discussion of whether comics are going through a renaissance on last week's episode, and I have to say, though I have always really enjoyed the show, lately I feel like the problem is not with the comics. It's with you. I recently started going to a new comic shop in D.C. where I was informed the top two sellers are Saga and The Wicked and the Vine, and the top Marvel and D.C. books are Batgirl and Ms. Marvel, respectively. There are plenty of great new kinds of books out right now, books for people who weren't represented in comics, but rarely do I hear about them on your show. If you're looking for a new creative voice while worrying about how many hands Alfred has, you're not going to find it. Meanwhile, the rest of us are enjoying some really fun books while you're living in the past. I say this from a place of love. You'll enjoy comics a lot more if you stop wanting them to be what they used to be and just like them now. Barring that, well, the old books still exist. some tough
1: love from Dan from Washington, D.C. What I really like about Dan's email, first of all, it's a well-written email, and it's got a nice little, little hammer at the end. Which I enjoy. However, <laughs> uh, you completely undermine yourself by listing four of our favorite books. Yep. In, in talking about books we don't read. Yep. <laughs> Saga, The Wicked and Divine, Batgirl, Miss Marvel, all of been Pick of the Week. Saga's been Pick of the Week four times. Yep. Uh, saga's been away for f- three months, so yeah. we haven't been able to talk about it, right? <laughs> I believe I gave an impassioned rant about how great Miss Marvel was and how Marvel was screwing yeah. with it for during Secret Wars a couple weeks yeah. ago.
0: Didn't I? I mean, I've talked about Wicked and Divine numerous times since I've been back, and didn't I pick Phonogram as Pick of the Week last yeah. week?
1: Right. Yep. It's, uh...
0: <laughs> we talked, even I talked about Batgirl when I came yeah. back up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing, is that you're, mi- you're missing out, and the, and that's why the, 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 the challenges this and when i laughed when he read it he says you know he started going to a new comic shop in dc you know where he's informed about those top books i i I think i know what story he's talking about in dc yeah and that is one of the stores that uh there's a select group of stores that are progressive and are representing the new paradigm of comics but that that is not
1: the rest of the world yeah i mean look at the sales numbers those four books aren't on top of the sales charts exactly exactly I think it's really great that there are lots of books now starring people that didn't have books. You know, I think it's great that there's a young Muslim female superhero in, in yeah. Marvel. The most important thing about that book, however, for me, is not that it stars a young Muslim teenage female superhero. It's that it's a good book. Yeah. If it's a really bad book, then it doesn't matter who the star of the book is. Yeah. And it doesn't it does that particular de- uh, demographic no services if the book is no good and. You know, you listen for well. I don't really like *The Wicked and the fine, but that's not—that's just me. Yeah, that's yeah. Me. But those other books are fantastic. And the most important thing for me is: is it a good book or is it not a good book? Right. And it does even better service to the people not being represented if if the book's good. And you're right. And I I mentioned this because we got a lot of reaction to this, both both support and a lot of people attacking us for the discussion last week. Yeah.
0: Well, we I had this, we, we had this we, discussion
1: we, though, but on the there was a little bit of a discussion on the website about it. And the, my point is, there, you you'll definitely find random stores in which some some of these new books are top seller books some of these yep. but most stores are are not you're not going to find that right That's not the way most stores are if you're living in a city if you're in Washington or New York or San Francisco or LA you, you'll find that more likely to happen
0: and and that's the thing is that there are it's not that, um, and, and, and I'm not condemning those stores or condemning the stores that aren't like that and the, and not to, not to mix up the conversation, you know, those stores are great. Those are the gems. I shop at one of those stores I was referring to. I mean, I think Isotope in San Francisco is one of the, you know, has been a long time been one of the leaders in terms of, you know, uh, you know, that, that, that store is, is primarily not primarily, but there's a strong female customer base, you know, independent alternative comics, different voices, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, there are shops and, and it's funny cause I, I'm, uh, being brazen, talking about saying, I think I know what shop in DC it is, and I think I do. I just don't remember the name of it. And I'm mm-hmm. looking it up now as we do this. The thing is, is that you know those are the stores that we need. Mm-hmm. You know, I, th- I think it's Phantom Comics he's talking about, uh, or maybe Big Planet. There's a couple of good shops in in the DC area. There's a couple of great shops in the Maryland area. Third Eye, Third Eye Comics in in uh, Annapolis is fantastic. Challengers in Chicago, you know, Secret Headquarters in in California, Tates in Florida. You know, they're they're really great. Comic shops that are helping usher in this new kind of paradigm, but the the conversation that we had was about whether or not it's a renaissance or not. No, I don't think it's a renaissance. I think maybe in four years we could be in a renaissance. Mm -hmm. You know, in terms of the cycle. I think now we're 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 at like when what we talked about in that conversation is that we are at the end of a larger macro cycle and at the beginning of a new cycle. And that's where that's where it is, you know. And, and the thing is that in order for a, a true renaissance to happen, a couple of things need to hit, and we need to have a couple of major kind of you know. And, and I don't know if it will happen again because I feel like we're repeating the conversation last week. Yeah. But I feel like the fragmentation and the smaller audience numbers and stuff like that make it that we can't live in the past, that we can't expect to see happen what what has already happened happen again. So, yeah, I mean, we, I, we, I, we agree with you, Dan. We absolutely agree with you. I don't think any of us are living in the past. And if that came across in that conversation, I don't think that's accurate. I want new things. That's what I'm saying
1: all the time. I want new things. And we just want also good things. I think that one of the yeah. biggest problem is – and unfortunately, the conversation around mainstream comics and especially the show is that everything goes through Marvel and DC eventually because they are 70% mm-hmm. of the market. So if, they, if, if they're no good, at least you know, in our eyes, then that, that, that sort of informs the whole market. Yeah, exactly. I think you can't say much good about DC other than a handful of books. And I think we, you know, as we said before, a lot of our favorite Marvel characters are, are being sidelined. And that's, you know, for us personally, that's no good. If that's not, if that is good for you, that's great. I'm not yeah. saying you shouldn't enjoy those books. I've never yeah. I've never said, I would never say you shouldn't enjoy, you know, Thor because I yeah. want, because I don't want to read Lady Thor. I want to read, you know, regular Thor. Yeah. Enjoy, enjoy it. If you're enjoying if you're enjoying it, like, Mar- like Ron and Josh are, great. Right.
0: And and those are the choices you can make. I mean, and and, and honestly, I think you might, you, Connor. I think you potentially run the risk of missing out by not reading Lady Thor. But then, but that's your decision to make to go back and revisit it and all that sort of stuff. You can only read so many books per week, and yeah. it's not. I don't. I didn't. I I didn't perceive your. And we joke about not my Thor, not yeah. my Alfred. I mean, that's. But yeah. everyone's
1: got to realize that's a joke. Yeah, we're doing an entertainment show here.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't. You know, like I don't perceive your not reading of Lady Thor as a condemnation of Jason Aaron, who's one of no. your favorite writers.
1: Or yeah. you know, like it's just that. You or don't. female characters. I just yeah, don't exactly. – I want. I, I, Thor was one of my favorite characters. He's not really there anymore. So, right, yeah. yeah. And what's funny about this email also is that for a long time, we were getting shots at us, you know, Pick League podcast sponsored by Image Comics because yeah. for so long, all we were, you know, focusing on was all these new great books from Image. And the idea that we don't talk about all these new books featuring new kind of characters and new kind of creators is, is kind of nutty. Yeah. It's baffling, so, yeah. yeah. So, All right, let's move on to Jason. Jason says, this is somewhat related, Jason says, can't believe it's taken this long to get me to write an email, but the discussion coming out of the audience question in last week's episode from, and an offhanded comment by Ron led me here. Ron said something to the effect of how much of this will I want on my bookshelf in 10 years? What are the books in recent memory, say 2011 DC reboot to now, that you do want on your shelves in 10 years? And this, this is similar to, the, to what we were just talking about, nothing from Marvel or DC. That's not true. I have the Hawkeye omnibus.
0: Oh yeah, I can see the Okay, the yeah, I'll give you the hawkeye bar. It's okay, let me amend that.
1: Yeah. Nothing from DC. Well, oh, I I would say for me, I have <laughs> I have two runs on my shelves right now. I have the entire yeah. Brian Nazarello Wonder Woman run on my shelf in hardcover, and I have okay. I have the entire ongoing Snyder and Capullo Batman run on my shelf.
0: Right, and, th- and those are within your your kind of thing. There was really nothing and the problem is I'm at a disadvantage here because I'm at my family's in New York, and I'm not at at home, so I can't turn around and look at my shelf like you're doing. But I you know, like I, the the urge to get everything is to get something as soon as it's collected into that big edition, I have felt less from the big two. Right. Now, I would now flip that around. And say the stuff from Image, the stuff, oh, from, Dropbox, the stuff from the stuff from Image uh, trades. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, even more recently, like two brothers from Fabio Moon and Gabriel yeah. Bra, Gabriel Ba. Like that, that is something I want on my bookshelf. Like that is, you know, like anytime they put something out, that is fantastic. Yeah, you know, I, I'll give you, I'll give you Hawkeye. <laughs> I'm trying to think of anything over the past four year, four or five years at
1: Marvel that has really like resonate. The Thor one, which is another, was one I have in trade too. Is yeah, the, J, the Jason era and Isad Ribic one. Yeah. yeah,
0: you know, I could, I would even go. I mean, going back to Thor, I would even Go as far to say the Thor Isad Ribic, uh, Jason Aaron that that first got a th- that because that's a self contained Thor. That's what sl- I just said. Yeah,
1: I literally just said that.
0: I for some reason I thought you were saying Chrisom- the Chrisomni one, no, the Mighty no. Thor.
1: That that's no. what threw me off. Like, I have right. that one that's, as well, but yeah, you're Thor right. right. See, <laughs> the,
0: my head—it's a head cold.
1: Uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. Then I, te- I totally agree with you that that that, that one I could there see. Are standing. Random ones, but for me, as Ron said, I have dozens of. If I, if I talk about an image book here that I like, I have I have the collection. If uh, right. even if it's the one I really like, I have the nice hardcover one, like the like uh, Black Science yeah. or the black yeah the bla- the new Black Science hardcover. That's a, that's a definitely that's a keeper. That library edition. Um, the, the, the Southern yeah. Bastards. I have the hardcover. So, like if it's a really like I have dozens of stuff from that era. It's just mostly image yeah. image stuff and. I have two brothers and our expanding universe from Alex Robinson. Yeah. Looks like that. I just, I,
0: literally, our expanding universe is sitting on my table. It's the one comic I brought with me on the strip yeah. uh, from Alex Robinson. So, uh, yeah, definitely definitely want to read that.
1: So, there, there's, there's stuff. It's just, and you know, a lot of stuff like that you look back on. I don't have, yeah, you, know, you yeah. look back on it and say, oh, actually, I do want that on my shelf. Yeah. And yeah. I do have the, the omnibus of all the first issues from the new 52 because I feel like that was a special time and a right. special memory. Right. So, there you go.
0: All right. Okay, last email has come from Tyler from New York, who said, At the New York Comic Con back in October, I commissioned a head sketch from an artist from one of the big two companies. He didn't have time to finish it at the con, but assured me he'd mail it to me when he was done. It's getting close to December now, and I've yet to receive any responses via email or Twitter from him regarding a sketch I already paid for. Am I being a little too annoying or paranoid that I'm not going to get what I paid for, or should I cut the artist some slack and hope he eventually gets back to me? Have you had any similar interactions with creators at conventions before? Oh, uh, I'm sorry, Tyler. That sucks. Yeah. Here's right. the thing, I don't pay for anything until it's in hand. Right. So, I, I, you know, very rarely have I done commissions, but when I do, I pay for them when they're done. Mm-hmm. And that might be your first mistake,
1: because now you're in a weird. But a awkward. lot of artists don't do it unless they. Right. Yeah. And that. And that's that's the kind, that's kind of the balance. You know. Yeah. I've never I've never yeah. commissioned anything, so I don't know. But I, mean, I have heard this happen before a lot. Right. Right. And I don't know what to tell you. Than, yeah. You know, I mean, they're they are very busy. On the other hand. They took your money so you, yeah. it's a head sketch it's not like it's a full fully p- painted commission yeah I don't know. What to, I mean, Ron, you know more of these guys than I do. But I don't know what the recourse is.
0: I mean, I, I, the thing is, is that I mean, it's it's it, it, you know, to I mean, it's sad. I mean, I don't know. It's tough because, it, like I said, it's an awkward situation, and and you know, I kind of want to lean on our other our sister podcast, over Goodfellas Minute, and it's kind of you know, like fuck you, I paid you, you know. Like, oh, you want to have him whacked? Yeah, no, well, no, but I mean, like it's it's like if you gave him money, they he yeah. oh, guy owes you. It. It's a head sketch. It's not yeah. even like a major thing, and to be non-responsive
1: <laughs> is just really kind of shitty. Unfortunately, this is an industry also full of a lot of people who are not used to being professionals. Yeah, exactly. And
0: And, and, but admittedly, and and not to condemn the artist in question, I mean, some people are just bad at communication. Some people, like we think, you know, like I'm on email all the time and I live and die by email. But not some people avoid it. Some people don't. You know, maybe
1: your email went to spam.
0: So, I mean, so I I think on one hand, Tyler, unfortunately, you got to, you got to, you got to think about the fact that you might never get that ever again. On the other hand, I wouldn't, I would definitely keep trying to get it because you did pay for it, but I wouldn't, you know, harass, I wouldn't go down, you know, do every day, you know, kind of pinging the guy or whatever, you know, you know. Every, you know, hopefully he gets back to you, but or he or she gets back to you, but just, you know, maybe every couple of weeks say, hey, can, you know, what's, what's going on with this? You know, here's
1: my address. You know? <laughs> There's, I mean, this is an industry full of really, really, really great great people in the most part, but yeah. there are a handful of ass- yeah. assholes. And I couldn't, yeah. my, my voice was cracking, couldn't get the word out. This is, right. it, unfortunately, there are a couple of them, and you have heard horror stories about this before. So right. yeah. I hope we didn't give him too much money for a head sketch.
0: Yeah, hopefully it wasn't that. I mean, yeah,
1: so, so. I'm sorry, I don't know. I don't know. I wish I could tell you to go to his house, but. I yeah, but that'd be weird. Yeah. You can email us at contact at iFanBoy.com or leave a voicemail at 888FanBoys3262697. Uh, if you do that, tell us where you're from. Keep it around 30 seconds. And uh, Ron, why don't you tell them about our other show you just mentioned a second ago?
0: Cool. Yeah. So we have another podcast that's called Goodfellas Minute. and You can find that over at com. And that is the podcast where Josh, who's not here today, but. Josh Connor and I on a daily basis are analyzing the Martin Scorsese film Goodfellas one minute at a time. If you're familiar with Star Wars Minute, our friends, uh, uh, the aforementioned Alex Robinson and Pete the Retailer, it's the same format they came up with but applying to our area of expertise, uh, Goodfellas. <laughs> but it's been a lot of fun so go check out goodfellowsminute.com if you haven't you, it's timeless you don't need to like we're on episode you know we just released episode 50 but it's not like oh i don't you know just start at one like if you've seen the movie you can enjoy it at any time in life so uh, it's this little little podcasting gift that we're giving to you uh, yeah and we thank everybody who's uh
1: downloaded the show so far and is enjoying it and has been supporting it really, you guys are awesome now we're into december as the show comes out so we thought we would update you on the holiday schedule speaking of podcasting gifts Schedule is very similar to what we've done over the past ten years, but for if you're new to the show this year, you may be, you know, you may want to know what's happening. So, after this episode, there are only three more picks of the week podcast coming out. So you'll have one on this December sixth, December thirteenth, December twentieth, but then we go on break. But during break, we are still going to give you a couple of shows. On or around December 22nd, we'll have a Star Wars The Force Awakens podcast after all three of us see it and <laughs> finish, finish flying all over the country. Yeah. The following Sunday on uh, December 27th will be the, the our our annual Tradition of the Year and All Media show in which we get together and discuss what we liked all year in outside of comics and movies and TV and all kinds of stuff like that. So that will be the 27th. And then the Pickle League will return on January 10th. and That's when we'll be, be back. And then in between there somewhere... Not sure where, but somewhere there'll be a Jessica Jones special edition podcast. It all just depends on when we finish watching it. I'm about halfway through it right now. Yep and uh, that'll be sometime I'm guessing in the first half of December just because the second half is so such a, so probably it's the, f- the first half of December
0: yeah I mean and, and yeah I'm, I'm on episode 7 now I'm hoping to get close to the end by the end of this weekend but we'll see but, but honestly uh, we might have we, we were planning for Josh uh, we were planning for Connor and I to do that show but we might have a surprise involvement of in Mr. Josh Finnegan who's been watching it as well so uh, we'll see yeah but so let, let's say early 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 returns I mean I'm six episodes in I'm liking it a lot
1: yep Yes.
0: Okay, so so there you go. There's a little – anyone curious what we think of it, we're enjoying
1: it. There you go. So that's the holiday schedule. Three more picks of the week and then a bunch of other random shows.
0: Yes, <laughs>
1: just random shows. Just literally. random, whatever. A
0: little one, a little Star Wars one. That's yeah. It. All right, so you can – find when all that stuff does come out, you can go to ifanboy.com where you can comment on this episode as well as previous episodes and future episodes and all the fun stuff there. And you can go to the, the post about this week's show to talk about this week's books. And uh, it's a fun time. You should go do it. It's good times. Uh, you can follow us at Facebook at facebook.com slash fanboy and on twitter at ifanboy and of course if you want to you can follow us individually you can, you can catch connor at cs kilpatrick and i'm at ron yes screw
1: josh screw him and hey if you like the show right oh oh writer, oh. <laughs> if you this show is ending at the perfect time because I'm, I'm going south in a hurry you're in the wall write us a review on itunes or better yet tell your friends about us enjoy introduce your mom to the podcast. it's holidays maybe during if you didn't play it during your thanksgiving dinner then what the hell is the show for no, <laughs> uh, maybe do it during Christmas. Maybe during your, your holiday times, play play your or Hanukkah celebrations. Play play high fanboy for everybody. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. I'm sure your uncle will love it.
0: Help hey, listen, we're, we're we're starting the and I believe this episode should start, uh, but every episode will have Christmas music. That's right. So so you, you can you can lull people in with the Christmas music in, in the open, and then listen to an hour of these grumpy guys talking.
1: <laughs> so, there, so there you go. Yeah. That's it for this week's show. As Ron and I about, now go lay down separately yeah <laughs> uh, thanks for listening I'm Connor I'm Ron see you next time.